0: Coming to you live from World Championship in San Jose. Welcome to the Living Legends Podcast.
1: So, hello and welcome back to the Living Legends Podcast. I'm your host for today. My name's Az from Go Again Gaming. And as always, we're going to be joined by my two favorite people in flesh and blood.
0: We got, uh, first of all, we got Bill from Spike Feeders Fab. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another episode, where, again, I say this every time, but we got some really cool stuff to talk about today. Oh, I'm so stoked! Oh, yeah, yeah. There's a lot oh. of good stuff. A lot
1: of uh, lot of milestone-y sort of things as well, going on with the OP stuff. Some nice numbers coming out of that, which I'll oh, go through yeah. as well. Um, but uh, And as well as that, we have uh,
2: Kel as well, Mr. Redzone Rogue. Hello! I am so stoked to talk about this. We're going to talk about Outsiders, we're going to talk about other stuff. If there are... yeah. If there's anyone in the Flesh and Blood community that is excited about Outsiders, it's going to be us three here. We oh, absolutely, yeah. love the pits. I've been <laughs> waiting for a pit set ever since they gave me Knock the Death Whistle as a preview card in Arcane Rising, dude. I'm so stoked. I cannot cannot contain how, how excited <laughs> exactly. I am. Um,
1: just, imagine, just imagine when uh, White Rabbit Community Game Store gets us back. He's going to be like, right, as in Kel, we're going to do the pits one this time.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Rather than the Arcane Rising one. Exactly. Um, and... If you've seen my other, like, 30-minute video going over the pits, we will be talking about maybe some other stuff that wasn't in that video. So if you've already seen the mm-hmm. video, stay stay tuned for more stuff. So we're going to talk about more stuff. I, ha- I have theories. They're maybe crazy. They're maybe hopium, but lots they are
0: theories. We have theories. We have theories. Exactly. <laughs> we have lots of theories. <laughs> So, um, yeah. so yeah, that's going
1: to be the main. That's going to be the main speculation and uh, what what we know and what we don't know and all that sort of thing going into outsiders. But before we go into that, I just want to touch on the article about organised play from James. Yeah. Um, so. To sum up, as well, this is a... a, Well, I'm not going to sum it up straight away. We're going to go into some little bits. Uh, But there's nearly been one million games of Flesh and Blood played over the last year or so. I think it was like 930,000 or something like that. So nearly a million games of Flesh and Blood.
2: And that's, like, accounted for in-gem number of games played. So the number of games outside of of that was probably, like, I don't know, double or whatever. Like, how many times do you play Flesh and Blood that's not ranked? Probably way more than actual, like, ranked so well how many
1: times do you and ian play flesh and blood there's at least two million on there
2: <laughs> yeah i know right, <laughs> I know, right? Uh, like almost all but, of my uh, games i i hardly ever play ranked because i don't have a lot of time to make it out to the events so um yeah, yeah that that's that's awesome wow. i i really want to see that number next year be like well over a million i think that would be so oh, cool yeah. so cool
1: yeah, they start registering things like um if Gem starts reg- registering things like UPF and PvE mm-hmm. and all the casual stuff that's coming out as well, yeah. that's gonna go through the roof, that number, I think. They oh, start absolutely. registering things like that. Yeah. Start holding or, events for UPF and that.
2: Social. I'm trying to I'm trying to get folks yeah. to say social instead of casual for whatever reason. Because mm-hmm. a lot of folks <laughs> have like negative connotations with casual for what you know, because yeah. gamers are like, Oh, it's casual, so it must be less less uh I don't know. Skill intensive or whatever. So I like I like to use yeah, words less important. No, it's a good word to
1: use. Yeah, it's a yeah. good word to use. Social gaming rather than casual. Yeah. Social means you're in it to play with hey. friends and have fun, sort yeah. of thing. Yeah.
2: If you played yeah, any like degree of multiplayer for you know a decent amount of time, you'll know that it is. It can be anything but casual. There are those people who play like. In you know something like commander or whatever, we play with like those sweaty combo decks where like they're like, I just need this card, and then I combo search for this card, and then I get this, and it has yeah. this trigger. But yeah, and then but in response to my trigger on the stack, I do this other thing. So activate Lion's <laughs> Eye yeah, Diamond. I much used. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> so oh, going into the combos of MTG already? Holy moly! <laughs>
2: yeah. So yeah. like uh, for Flesh and Blood, it could it be it could be similar too. I pl- hey, I have played yeah. Valda in UPF and gotten like. Twenty something, twenty um, something seismic surges, and was able to uh, one punch man someone for like twenty something damage before. So <laughs>
1: good feeling.
2: Pul- yeah. was a pulverize, yeah, pulverize, and like pummel, pummel, into pulverize. Oh, it's it's nice. <laughs> it's it's real nice. Oh, nice. Man. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um... So yeah, good way to start off. Million, nearly a million games played. That's always going to climb uh, yeah. as we go into uh, next year. Next year is going to be oh, a good yeah. year, as you've said yourself as well, Kel, on your recent video. Best year. 2023 is going to be a fantastic year for the game. That's for sure.
2: Colin, it now. Best year yet for yeah. Flesh and Blood. Best year.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, um, I was out yesterday with some friends from high school that I haven't gotten a chance to hang out with in a while. And uh, one of them is uh, one of the guys that I mentioned in one of our previous podcasts. That um, joined our, sure our local Discord. Strikes. Sorry, does he have your enlightened strikes? That guy? No, no, that's uh, <laughs> another local. That's another local player. But, I will find uh... him. <laughs> oh, I might actually need to stop by our LGS tomorrow because tomorrow is usually the day that that guy is able to show up and yeah. I haven't had these enlightened strikes in hand for like three months. So. <laughs> <laughs> Set them back. But uh, yeah, but yeah, there's um, uh, one of my buddies from high school that uh, just joined our local flesh and blood server that I created and he had no idea. And so I kind of poked him and gave him a hard time, like, oh, you thought you could sneak in without me knowing. And (laughs) um, yeah, so I I didn't get a chance to play. uh, There was a CC event that we were going to play in on like the Monday after, I think I mentioned that. And uh, he ended up not being able to make it. But this Monday, he said, absolutely. So I'm putting together a a Blitz Lexi deck for him. And then while we were talking about that last night, one of my other friends overheard and was like, hey what's this game you guys are talking about? This sounds interesting. Oh.
2: Quick. <laughs> I don't want to tangent too much. Quick aside, because yeah. uh, this is not on a topic for today. Lexi just won Battle Hard in Singapore 9-0. So Lexi Nine is not down oh. and out. 9-0 oh, Battle in Singapore. Lexi wins. So Lexi, good place, to, good place yeah. to start. One of my favorite heroes <laughs> in the game. Top, top, Absolutely, three. Yeah. top three for me. So yeah.
1: Is there any information on the list at all or anything like?
2: It, it was literally shared like this morning. Uh,
1: oh, okay.
2: So I, I don't know much about it. I'm sure they'll have a list. Uh, the Flesh and Blood website, this is good information for any uh, one out there who's new or doesn't really follow competitive mm-hmm. flesh and blood stuff. The official flesh and blood website, fatpcg.com, always lists uh winning decks on their official mm-hmm. website. So if you just go there, you can find it. It's at the top. I'm not I don't remember exactly which thing you click on, um, but you can find all the all the lists. It'll probably be posted in the next couple days or so. By the time this video yeah, comes yeah. out, it's, it's probably already out. So.
0: Nice. Yeah, I'm interested to cool. see what uh, what Spice brought this guy to 9-0. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I'm pretty sure yeah. it was
2: class constructed as well. Um, it, it's particularly interesting to me because I didn't think Lexi got all that much great stuff in Dynasty. I, I thought uh, Heatseeker was really good. Um, but outside mm-hmm. of the Heat Seeker, I was like, I'm not really sure what else Lexi could use. All, all the other stuff really cares about aim counters and... Mm-hmm, I like I yeah. like the bow but I don't like it in Lexi because Voltaire is just kind of busted like yeah. so, I don't know. I I'm, I'm really eager to see the deck so
1: Yeah, it'd be interesting to That'd see interesting. Obviously, she can go quite a few different ways, can't she? She can go obviously all lightning no yeah. nothing at all, which is what you do and then yeah. and maybe like tall ice, tall ice builds as well, but yeah. Yeah, you can I go have... those different ways.
2: That's probably in a different box. Um yeah, I actually built a what I call No Fuse 2.0 deck that I'll be doing a deck tech on in the next month oh next couple weeks or so um that's my blitz Mm. my blitz luckily my blitz lexi but with no fusions um Mm -hmm. which is just Just
1: using that voltaire just using voltaire (laughs) it's
2: really good just giving all your arrows go again or plus one if you need to it's super it's super Mm -hmm. good you can use it twice um Good stuff. Speaking
1: of Lexi as well as uh, as well, actually, i uh, um, uh, when I mentioned last week so I'm going to that um, that Christmas thing with the uh, to the Armory event. Mm. Uh, they're doing a Tales of Aria draft, so I'm probably going to mm. go with Lexi with that. Probably
2: it's um, Lexi. I've done a lot of Tales of Aria draft. Um, mm-hmm. Lexi. Hey, man, you're 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 fighting the Ranger fight, <laughs> basically. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's the hardest one. Yeah. yeah, it's the hardest yeah. one to get good, because the bow's great. Like, Shiver's great, just giving Dominate to your arrows if you yeah, need exactly. Dominate. And, and Bolton and Shot's really good, but sometimes you don't get Bolton Shot. Sometimes you, you have, like, just a bunch of crappy arrows, and yeah. you play against Briar, who just arcane damages you out, and you can't do anything about it. Um, True. So, yeah. yeah. Um... Good luck. I wish you good luck. I hope you draft some awesome <laughs> Lexi stuff. I hope you get a, a New Horizon, at least, and then you can just be like...
1: New Horizon and Voltaire. And Voltaire. Then I'll be okay. Yeah. I, then
2: I'll be alright. I have gotten a Voltaire. <laughs> or... Um, just draft ball lightnings, man. Like, seriously. Just just take ball lightnings. Take, take Take as many ball lightnings as you can. That is my that is my advice for anyone playing Tales of Aria draft. Take ball lightning. Just, just take them. Just yeah. take them. Take all of them. They're all, they're, all, they're all overpowered. Take them all. Take them all. Yeah. And if you get ball lightning, take Mark of Lightning, the equipment, because it actually works. So
1: mm-hmm.
2: there you go.
1: Oh, Tales of Aria. Wow. Throwback.
2: Yeah. Free da- free
1: damage. Uh, free damage. Yeah. Um. But going back to uh, going back to OP very, very quickly. Yes. Um, so the structure remains the same with regards to the uh, the way you get to like your Pro Tools and World Championships. It all starts at local game store. Yep. of course, uh, and then working your way up from there and getting your PTIs and what have you. So that all remains the same. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is, the what I noticed on the article, what, what a lot of people noticed, there isn't a roadmap per se. So st- there still isn't like a, this is the plan for the whole year. There still isn't that to a certain degree, which is what a lot of people were wanting, yeah, um, yeah. You know, is, is some forward plan where they can say, right, I can go to this on this day, this on this day. But they are. It says on the article that they are still ironing that out and hoping to have that um, more more of a dynamic announcement process going into the first quarter at least. So yeah.
2: it it feels like they're kind of overhauling it all. And I, I think yeah. um, from what I know, and I can't, I don't think I can say too much because I've talked to some folks in like confidence and whatever. But I, I mm-hmm. think they're just kind of like reorganizing some like who is kind of overseeing a lot of this kind of stuff. Um, yeah, and I think that's why it maybe is, is taking a little bit longer to get the information out. They, there might be new folks kind of doing it. We had Alan Hale um, on the podcast a couple weeks ago, but he oversees um, the non premier events. So like your skirmishes, your in store events, basically. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas the higher level stuff, like the the premier events are um, um, he doesn't he doesn't really do that kind of stuff. Um,
1: yeah so yeah we, we that's do... probably what he was alluding to wasn't it when he was yeah. on the podcast he said there was going to be an announcement this is probably what it what he was alluding to wasn't it this one
2: for sure and um... and, and we, we did we had a little bit so we have a bunch of battle hardens announced and we have two callings mm-hmm. and then we also know uh that the pro tour is is going to be in the united states but we don't know where um yet fingers crossed because once again very selfish of me fingers crossed it's on mm. the Pacific Northwest I want it to be I want it to be in Seattle um yeah well I would love for it to be in Portland but I'm being realistic here you know Seattle maybe just come on yeah. Pacific Northwest there has not been a single big event in the Pacific Northwest so I would mm. love it and it's awesome up here come on oh, Seattle, yeah. Seattle's great
1: so there's one so there's one pro tour hopefully we see it in an area where we can all go here
0: Seattle hmm. Seattle <laughs> Uh, hey. But it
1: is, but it is, it is, it is. saying it's in late April or early May. So yeah. as long as as long as we can, as long as all of us here can sort of keep that aside, will oh,
0: yeah. will we all we'll be going? Do you think? So, we'll, yeah. I'm I'm specifically my plan is to like aggressively make time to to go. So, nice. Okay.
2: What they're doing, and as might talk a more about this uh, in in a minute, but what they're doing is uh, each set is going to have its own kind of like season culminating with a big, big premiere event. So we have Outsiders, uh, and that culminates in, um, uh, is it Pro Tour? And then we have the the next set, which is going to be an expansion set. We don't know anything about that, but that's going to culminate with Nats, so uh, Nationals. And then we have the third set, which is going to be another draft set, and that will culminate in Worlds uh, at the end of the year. And so what that basically means is you have a big set kind of tying this all together with um, kind of like uh, it bookended by these draft sets, which I think is really great because that means pro tour will probably have limited of outsiders as part of its, you know, uh, event and same with Mm -hmm. worlds. Worlds will probably have limited of the third set um, as part of it, part of its thing, which I think is great. I think that's awesome for people who uh, are pros. And so you kind of, you can kind of plan a little bit ahead so you know like hey i need to know this draft environment in order to be successful um and mm-hmm. so we, we, have a, we have a little bit of an outline a little bit of a skeleton here we don't have a, a lot of yeah. exact dates but they did kind of lay it out a little bit which is which is good um so at least you kind of know yeah. what what's going on next year and what their what plans are for op
1: um, yeah mm-hmm. exactly so if you wanted to like save yourself like if you are, uh, if you only had a certain travel budget or restrict, yeah. you know holiday restrictions if you're working in the office at least you know that there's a big draft set coming out in in march uh which will last until june and then the, the other draft set is october to january so you've got some sort of time frame that you can work with if you want to make yourself available for a new draft or just an expansion set or whatever you want to do really yeah. which is but i guess it's better than nothing
2: that reminds yeah. me uh, I want to ask you guys a question, and I'll ask it I'll ask this to the audience too. Out of those three events, oh, yes. or maybe other events, which one, if you can have to budget your time, which a lot a lot of us do, even I have to budget like my travel expenses and and time. Which one do you want to go to the most? Do you want to go to the Pro Tour, Nationals, or or even Worlds at the end? Or let me throw out another wrench here. What if they do World Premier events? They didn't talk about this at all. But what if they do a world premiere event for Outsiders or for the the third mystery set?
0: Hmm. Premiere, I feel event. like it'd be so cool. They're it would, cool. yeah, really it, it would be good.
1: It would be good. However, for me, for me, I, I I think if I was to go to the US again, it would be for Pro Tour because of the fact that's where everyone's going to converge again, like mm-hmm. from all over the place. Um, so I think it will be, well, pro tour or worlds, depending on where worlds is, but we don't know that yet. So I think, I think I'm going to hedge, I think I'm going to potentially hedge my travel bets in the pro tour, uh, April, May, and hopefully you guys will be there as well. Um, or at least plan to be there. Um, but yeah, that's probably what, what I'm, I'll probably do,
0: I expect. Yeah. Yeah, It is uh, extremely likely that I will be there <laughs> i i have a
2: i have a hierarchy so this is the way i've thought about it because i can't make it to all the events unless they no. hire me to do coverage at a bunch of them if it's if i'm if i'm not doing coverage at the event i have a hierarchy i can really only make a couple um, and my mm-hmm. hierarchy is if it's in the u.s worlds worlds is number one uh, yeah so i prioritize prioritize worlds over the rest because worlds was awesome and they i know they want to go out all out and i know they want to go even bigger than, than uh world's number one because yeah. i know some folks are a little bit disappointed in the venue and a lot of other stuff so i know they want to make it even more grand and big be- and better uh, so that's probably like the most exciting event uh and then after that's actually the world premiere events because those are like so much fun i've done both world premiere events so far and like aria and uprising and i tell you playing with all the brand new cards like like a month before anyone else gets to and playing like in the world premiere sealed and just just drafting with all the new cards and everything for the whole weekend is just so much fun. And yeah, mm-hmm. that one that one I think is my uh the next one. I no matter what, if there's gonna be a world premiere for outsiders and they have one in the US, I'm going. Like there's yeah. no way I'm not going to the Pitts World premiere event. I mean, come on, like <laughs> I'm I'm go I'm going. So um yeah. That's one that I am. Uh, if, if it's there, I'm going to. Um, my guess, if they had one, it would probably be tied to the calling before the set comes out. Um, so that would be my guess, because that's what they did for Uprising. But we, they, mm-hmm. didn't, they didn't talk about World Premiere, so we don't even know if they're doing that. Just Yeah,
1: I mean... That that's the thing, yeah. If there's if there's information spoil, if there's information that comes out that says right, there's a world premiere for outsiders in USA, and it's not too bad to get there when it's like March time. That might take precedent over pro tour for travel for travel for me, but potentially depending on what 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 that is, as you said, um, yeah, a world premiere for yeah where the Azalea Cult is based. I need to be there really.
2: Yeah, I, I think for a lot of folks who are not tournament grinders trying to get like top eight prizing i think world premiere events you're gonna have a lot more fun just straight up yeah um
1: yeah it's Makes just sense.
2: like a great time to play with the community with a new set the meta hasn't been established um, there's no one for- telling you to force fire or whatever you can just play whatever and have fun with the new cl- characters and all that kind of stuff and yeah you know maybe you get lucky maybe you get a legendary and you flip it for like 200 bucks and you know yeah yeah that, that's the <laughs> thing people do that people were selling the like marvel dragons for like like the actual like the regular marvel dragons that are worth like 20 bucks right now they're selling it for like 150 plus um oh, yeah. that weekend so some people made yeah, some some people made yeah. some money um, i
0: mean i remember when it was uh the release event for tales of aria and somebody pulled like within the first half an hour somebody pulled a cold foil core show yes and I think it got sold to one of the vendors and I saw a picture and it was selling for like five grand or yeah. something like dude, not selling, boy. but they had it priced for five grand.
2: I, I <laughs> wow. remember that man. That's one of the, the, the coolest moments that I've experienced in flesh and blood. I wasn't sitting anywhere near them. I was sitting at, mm-hmm. w- at one end of the, the hall, but you just hear this, Rah! and then everyone just like looks at <laughs> these, the dude just stands up and then holds the card up. It's just like, Oh, it's so cool! I've yeah. never experienced anything like that before. It was so awesome. Um, World premiere events are, are are so good, and you'll hear it like so. Like when you're sitting down, everyone's opening up their packs, just chatting with folks at the table, and then someone you hear yeah, and you someone over there, and you're like, oh, they they pulled something <laughs> great, and then like yeah. for uprising, I pulled a cold foil cornet peak, and I'm like yo, and everyone was like yo, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just like it.
0: It looks like such a like. I don't know, such a community event, that's where so everybody cool. is happy for everybody, and everybody's just excited for the same thing. Like, it, it's so organic. <laughs> yeah, highly recommended. Yeah. Highly recommended.
1: Because everyone's discovering it at the same time, isn't it? So it's like all shared yeah. happiness.
2: Yeah. yeah. It's such a good time. Um, so yeah.
1: Cool. I ch- you've changed my mind. If there's a if there's a date that's spoiled for that, then I'll see what I can do. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, but yeah, uh, and the last thing I want to touch on the uh, the OP events is that they, they said they want to make a lot of um, lot of events closer to home mm-hmm. per se um, mm-hmm. to cut back on the uh, on the travel part of it because a lot of there was a lot of play, uh, things all over the place last year, but they're increasing the frequency of the battle hardened events to, I think they're doing 50 now, next year. Yep. Um, and they're also changing the callings prize structure in order to support it in areas that have smaller communities like Japan, maybe.
2: Japan, I know. <laughs> shout out to or both somewhere Japan else. and Brazil. Uh, Brazil has Brazil, a very yeah. like, vocal community that they really want stuff uh, to be held there. Like, shout out to the folks listening or watching who are from Brazil or, or Japan. I know both mm. communities um, watch watch a podcast, so. Um,
1: yeah. I. Mm.
2: I would love for them to be in your area too. And I know the LSS would as well. They just, you know, yep. we had, we had Alan on, he said, there's like, you know, just logistical things that make it difficult, but they want to. Um, so yeah. Calling in okay. Japan, battle Hardened in Japan, let's make it happen. Um, yeah. And also LSS, if you're listening, um, calling in Japan, I would love to do some coverage. Please, please pay me to go to Japan. That would be great. Just saying.
0: (laughs) You call up James White and you're like, uh, Ohio goes on Hey, Ohio. (laughs) Hey, I talked to some.
2: I talked to some people from LSS. Some high people from LSS at at Worlds, and they were like, "Hey, we'd love to get you back in the coverage booth next year." And I'm like, "Yeah." Just let me know. I would love to. Um, and Mm. uh, if you want someone to go to Japan to do to do coverage, I'm your man. So.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: That literally, uh, yeah, literally I'm, I'm a dream of mine to get paid to go to places in the world that I've always wanted to visit. New Zealand is one of them. Yeah. Uh, Japan is another one. So mm-hmm. um, yeah,
0: exactly. it feels like it feels like you're uniquely positioned to maybe get those done then. Yeah. That's, oh, that's so
2: <laughs> I, I don't speak Japanese, but I I know you don't have to, at least in the big cities, you don't have to speak Japanese to get around. Yeah. Um. And I I know enough to maybe to maybe get by. Um, <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, it's can't
1: wait to see uh to see where they go. Oh, with I, the callings It's going to be interesting. I,
2: I do want to mention one thing with that. So you said uh, more battle hardens. It's fifty. It's up mm-hmm. from thirty. So I think it was thirty last year, up to fifty. So it's like you Something know. Something like
1: that. Yeah.
2: Almost double. Not quite, but you know, almost double, which is awesome. Um, Yeah. I also noticed, and this came up in a little uh, Facebook chat with um, uh, Ian Kenderdine and uh, DM Ramada and some other folks. um, And they were saying, or Ian was pointing out that uh, the prize or the the pricing for entry has gone up quite a bit. Um, And I find that interesting. I'm not sure how I feel about it. And I'm not sure if it's to. Due to like inflation, due to new tournament organizers, or due to uh, the new pricing structure, but I did notice that it did it did go up. Not just in New Zealand. Uh, Ian said it went up to a hundred bucks in New Zealand. Oof. Um and well, battle hardens. And, uh, the calling. So the calling Auckland I think costs a wow. hundred hundred bucks to participate
0: yeah, in. Right. And
2: that's not like a package, like a cool swag package. That's like base
0: entry. Yeah, that's like just to get through the door. Um,
2: and I, I think if you translate yeah. that into U.S. dollars, I think it's like 68 bucks or something like that, 64 bucks.
0: Um,
2: and then I noticed, I clicked on the calling um, that's going to be in Indianapolis in the U.S., and it's 70 bucks um, U.S. So it went, it went from 50 to 70. So that's a decent increase in price. Um, once again, I don't know if it's because Star City Games is... Uh, hosting it instead of um, Channel Fireball. Channel Fireball, uh, if you don't know, is no longer going to be doing um, Flesh and Blood events. In fact, Channel Fireball doesn't exist anymore. Uh, In fact, the people who ran Worlds, they weren't actually Channel Fireball. It was... um, uh, What was the card? Card Card Shop Live. It was Card Shop Live. Um, Channel Fireball actually is now owned by TCG Player. So if you see anything that's Channel Fireball branded these days, it's actually TCG Player. TCG Player owns it. I know this because... I make content for Channel Fireball, Ch- Channel Fireball, and it's actually a TCG player. Like, I submit my invoices to TCG player. Um, so, I don't know if the price increases because of that, too, because it's, like, mm. you know, being run by different folks. Mm. I-, I hesitate on that assumption because it seems like it's a price increase for all of the events, like, like in Auckland, because, like, SEG isn't running the Auckland event. Um, so, I don't know. Uh, it's just something I wanted to point out. Um, yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about it one way or another. I'm generally not ha- happy about like things getting more expensive. Uh,
0: no, I, Yeah. you know, makes it kind of tough to really be excited about them when you also have to worry about your finances at the same time. Like... It... <laughs> yeah.
2: So I don't, I don't want to get like too negative and or dwell too much on it. But like, for me, it's like, it, it disincentivizes folks who are more, casual i said i don't like i want to use the word casual but that are more casual about it right so it it heavily incentivizes enfranchised pro players uh, or it only caters to enfranchised pro players because if that price increase is going to prizes then only the people who think they're gonna win and cash out will receive anything and for the people who go like zero four drop are just spending more money to get nothing um Mm -hmm. so for for those folks who are just yeah. like I want to go to have fun, just to play in the event, having it more expensive is, um, you know, can, can dissuade a lot of folks. Yeah, um, there, is be, a, be, uh, there is a
1: there is a there is a counter counterpoint to that as well. Though on the on the article, it does say that they're going to give prizes to more to more of the people yeah. that may, uh, like maybe the top 128 rather than 64, so the the prizes go deeper down the scale rather yeah. than so. Yeah.
2: on average it's probably better but it's still it feels like more of a feel bad for the people who are getting shafted the worst it's basically yeah, right. it. so like if yeah. you're zero five and you get nothing you spent 50 nothing, bucks yeah. you spent 50 bucks to get nothing now you're spending 70 bucks to get nothing right so yeah um, okay yeah you still have a decent chance to get more money if you if you're successful but if you're not successful then uh, screw you i guess <laughs> like
0: yeah, it can, it can just kind of it can just kind of hurt. <laughs> but
2: on a positive note, the bundle looks rad as hell. So the SCG bundle looks rad. You get a cold foil dash as part of the bundle. Yeah, bundle's 150 I bucks, so it's a little expensive. But you at least get a super cool cold foil hero. So if you if mm-hmm. you buy the bundle for 150 bucks, um, at least you get something cool. I, I think a cold foil what? hero is like one of the best like entry uh, promos that they've done. Because like we've gotten like the York ones and that kind of stuff, which are cool. I love the York stuff, but I know the mm. average Flesh and Blood player probably doesn't care about the janky UPF York stuff. They probably want like <laughs> Dash or whatever, you know? Um, yeah, like mm. stuff
0: that's that they can actually bring to their local armory and be like, hey, check out this cool thing. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and does this uh, obviously we'll, we'll
1: get to we'll we'll get to the outsiders stuff at the moment? But did you think because <laughs> uh, uh, obviously. Um, uh james white confirmed also that azalea young hero is getting a cold foil as part of the armory kits next year as well mm. but obviously coupled coupled with this dash mm. cold foil thing does that mean that we're not going to see uh well, well we will go we will see support for obviously dash and and azalea, well, obviously azalea because it's going to the pits but dash maybe have mechanologist support in the next set as well
2: so, so... I have reasons to think that we will not have mech support in Outsiders. It doesn't make sense to me if they want to have also a metric set, because that way mm. we would have mech support and then mech support immediately after, um, mm. which is fine, but it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me if they want to space things out. Um, mm. And also, they just... It might just be like a... They just happen to... Those are the heroes that need cold foils, which I think is true. They're missing Viscerai as well. So Viscerai, Dash... Uh, And Young Azalea are the ones that don't have Cold Foil versions yet. So it's all
1: the Arcane Rising ones. Does Kano have one?
2: I think Kano Kano already has one. Correct me if I'm wrong Mm. in the comments, but I think Kano already has one. Yeah, let us know. And I think those are the only three Mm. who don't have Mm. uh, Cold Foil Young versions already. So they might just be doing that to fill it out. uh, Just so people can get their Cold Foil versions. Um, Maybe. So there's that. Yeah. Azalea is going to be a really interesting thing to talk about when we talk about, uh, outsiders. Cause like, I, I'm pretty confident in some assertions about outsiders, but I, I think Azalea herself is an interesting one to talk about because I don't know, like they could do a lot of stuff. Like, yeah, it's so interesting to think, to talk about. So, um, yeah.
1: Yeah, we'll go. We'll go and we'll, we'll go. We'll go into it now. Then, obviously, Outsiders yeah. is obviously uh, not rumored. It's coming out on is it March the twenty fourth? Is it twenty fourth or twenty third, twenty
2: fourth? I want to say it's like twenty two uh, to twenty four is pre release weekend or mm-hmm. something. Ugh. Yeah, maybe that's what I the dates are. Have to look, but around
1: but then. it's around then. Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: Um, and we had uh, the image spoiled. It was only on the socials. It wasn't. It wasn't. It's not part of an article <laughs> or anything. It's just on the. Or is it? You're putting your finger up. You are right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Outsiders comes out March 24th. So the official... Oh, okay, Not pre-release, the official launch day is March 24th, yes.
1: 24th, okay, so that's yep. right the first time. Don't doubt yourself, Az, yep, don't nope, doubt yep, yourself. 100% right, yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so yeah, coming out on March 24th, and with that date was a picture of um, something... Uh, at the time, the full image was not spoiled. We do have the full art now as well, which you can check out, which is ridiculously
2: good. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's great. Um, and I think my assumptions about it in the lore art or the lore video that I did is pretty true. So I I said mm. I didn't think it was a hero, and I did I I thought it was just going to be a, a, an action card or something, and it sounds like it is because you yeah. can see the name of it um on the full art, and I don't have it pulled up in front of me. If I can go grab it, it's called like wreck havoc is called. Yeah, wreck havoc. <laughs> um so yeah. this is not a hero i mean it could be a hero but it's, it's likely not a hero um just gives you kind of a good flavor of the set though and i'm pretty sure this character is from one of the many gangs that that rule the pits in particular mm-hmm. i believe uh they are from the flamer gang which they're all about like you know burning stuff and that's exactly the what torched she's... yeah torch, the torched torched torched
1: a gang of pyromaniacs with a penchant for setting everything on fire, which this lady is absolutely doing with this with this kettle.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> like scalding hot tea. Yeah, if you if you look at it, it's like <laughs> attached to the the backpack that she has. So it's like this backpack is just pumping like fuel into this this flamethrower um, yeah. that's like billowing out smoke. A lot of folks were talking about uh, the the pirate hat in the art. There's like a pirate hat oh, yeah, um, so much on, on a stuff hook, going on. and people were like. Yeah. Like DM Armada, pirate, pirate Armada, confirmed, yeah. and I'm like pirate it's, confirmed. Arr. It's probably yeah. not. A, it's probably not a hero, so probably not a pirate. But <laughs> there definitely is a a, a a tricorn hat on there.
1: On um, her vessel of dead bodies as well. Yeah, Bloody hell, I, like, she's, sat on loads of
2: dead people. She's got a lot of stuff on her though. She's got like a, a, a like a spiky bone tooth necklace thing that looks very brutish. A lot of people are like oh, brute, mech brute. I, I, lo- I love I love I love seeing the the speculations cuz a lot of them are just really oh, out I there. Know. I think Yeah. I I think a lot of the time people are just speculating on what they want. Like they're like yeah. well, mech, Macbro mech oh. Shadow 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 oh, Shadow, oh, mech, shadow mech, Yeah, oh, Shadow <laughs> Mac. Get, yeah. <laughs> Get out
1: of there. Yeah. Seriously. Get out of there. They're going to be a dash.
2: There There's uh, a small small amount of lore that could suggest shadow but i doubt it. And we could talk about that one when, when mm. we talk about some of the cults that are in the pits. So there's one in particular yeah. that i think makes azalea cult, yeah. sense well no. Azalea, not <laughs> no, shadow. No. I no, uh, will, I, no I will shadow. bet bet money we will not see a shadow azalea <laughs> I'll say that. Much. No no thanks. What um, we yeah, what we might see is a pits talent azalea though. Um
1: yeah, I don't know. I, I also hope not. Um so yeah, I I, I, don't, I don't I don't think I don't think we should get. She hasn't earned that yet, I don't think. She hasn't mm. earned like from a from a gameplay perspective that and Liz living legend points and all that sort of thing. She hasn't earned the 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 right to have another hero yet, I don't think. Um mm. well, I mean like I, 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 we probably we probably could there hasn't been has isn't the only character we've had that's ascended to that level has come in an expansion set with Bravo, right? Yeah. So, so
2: we're not... That's what I wanted to mention with Azalea, actually. like yeah, yeah. I, I kind of don't think she will be in Outsiders. I think if mm. we see Azalea as a new card, it will be in an expansion set with the Bravo treatment. Um, so maybe yeah. it'll be an expansion set and she'll have the new talent that was introduced in Outsiders. As a game, someone who thinks about game design a lot, that makes sense mm-hmm. to me, right? You could have her in in the set, right? That, that's definitely a possibility. Just have her in the set, but not as a majestic or anything. Just like as a normal hero, you know. Um, yeah, I think that's a possibility. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah. I, yeah,
1: I don't, yeah, I don't want it to happen. I don't want it. it not not yet, anyway.
2: I, I think it I think it might I think it might happen
1: <laughs> because, because oh yeah, eventually. But well, not
2: now, not right now, I, I think it might happen now. But just because what James said to you, he said that uh, next year Azalea is going to be the business. Now, why would Azalea specifically be the business if she wasn't in the set instead of Ranger being the business? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, like, why is? Azalea... I think he's
1: just giving me false hope. I think yeah. he was just, just
2: me, also just you along. He was just like
1: he was just giving me a pat on the back, out saying, "Yeah, don't worry, azalea'll be the business. Yeah. Don't, don't worry, mate. Off you go. See you later." <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> he I sees know. another video about the azalea cult, and he's like, "Oh my god, <laughs> well, here we go again." James, here he is. I,
2: I did recently <laughs> speak to James for just a little bit um, recently, in like the last couple of days, and he did say, among other things, that he thinks that I will like out- outsiders. Um, which oh, yeah. i mean obviously i'm going to like outsiders cuz of the pits but mm. i don't want to read too much into it but my favorite classes are assassin and ranger and if they oh, were oh yeah bo- uh, and if they were both in the set oh my god dude i'm going to be i'll be so stoked if oh, yeah, gotcha. assassin well, uh, and ranger are both in the set mm, i reckon yeah, they man. will be
1: I reckon. I reckon they will definitely both be in there, but I don't think it's going to be so. Azalea. I reckon it will be a. Ta- I reckon it will be a. Um, it could even be uh, a dual class ranger, like an assassin ranger. I, it could. It mm, could be something like that.
2: I doubt dual class, just because um, of of two 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 reasons. Two reasons. First is that I'm pretty sure they were testing out dual class with the emperor, and they wanted to see the community feedback and the power level, and so they they need a couple sets time to implement that. Right, yeah. so they, they don't they won't, won't be immediate. So if they do do another mm. class, and they were trying to get feedback on power level from the community, it, it's going to be a few sets. And the other reason is lore. In the Emperor's lore page, it says that he's the only human powerful enough to wield two classes in race. That's
0: true. Yeah. Um, he's dead yeah. now. I, he's dead now. I will say, Bye. human <laughs> powerful enough. Yeah. We do Ooh. have a Nitro <laughs> <laughs> Yes, but but Groot, w- what,
2: what I'm getting at is I I, I think there definitely exactly exactly exact, <laughs> exactly I think there could be another uh, dual class, but it it would be a very prolific character on the level of the mm. Emperor, right? Someone who is super yeah. powerful, super super lore relevant, not just like you know a, a random thug from from like the pits or whatever. You know, oh yeah, like it, it would be like. Uh, some some godly being right or some. Yeah, you know, character. It's like
0: it's like um, in the in the manga for One Punch Man, where One Punch Man ends up actually fighting literal God. <laughs> yeah, exactly. we'll have to get to that point in flesh and blood where we have wow. like KO <laughs> going K- up against the, the entirety, entirety yeah. of, like, heaven in the form of Solana. Yeah. Yeah,
1: the The Celestial Cataclysm <laughs> plus the Enlightened Strike guys actually become characters. You just yeah, exactly.
2: Them. <laughs> exactly. Uh, um, like
1: Zeus versus bloody <laughs> whatever. Uh, uh, so Right, anyway. Go- so mm-hmm, so, go- mm-hmm. so going back on to this, this is what it's all about. Uh, there's some good debates going on here as well. Um, yeah. But going back, going back to the gangs quickly as well, because obviously that was what what uh, kicked it all off. Um, this, I think, would be um, what Brian and Flake and all the people that are saying, "Oh, this is going to be a great draft set." I reckon the gangs are to do with this, similar to like guilds of Ravnica from Magic. Mm. The, uh, the mm. gangs, because all the gangs on the page, you can go and read it. You can go listen to Kel's video uh, on the Azalea Cult. We touch on the gangs as well. Uh, but um, they're all very different. They've all got they've yeah. very different characteristics. And I think with the Pit's talent, we'll probably pull mm. off, pull on some of these strings where you can choose like maybe affiliations with two or something like that. Similar to how Tales of Aria worked, where you can choose either... Well, you can't choose but you have access to either lightning or earth or ice maybe in this you have access to freak show or numbskulls or blockheads or torched or some mixture of that I is
2: a very like that, that is a very interesting theory for the talents it's not one that i thought of uh, for the talents i didn't really talk about talents in my video because there's not a lot to go off of there's only like a couple things no. Um, I think the most prevalent one is one that I saw a lot of comments. And this is what I thought too, is some sort of poison or necrotic mm. or toxic type, type talent. I think toxic mm-hmm. sounds the, the best, but also hilarious. Cause like toxic also means other things
0: like, yeah. you know, having a, <laughs> yeah. having a, oh, ha- another toxic player, <laughs> having a, yeah. to-
2: a toxic rune blade would be hilarious. But, that would be um, funny, yeah. but, um, uh, I think I also like the idea of death. I think death just sounds cool. It sounds super edgy, but it's definitely like mm. very like pits because there's like just a lot of death in the pits. Um, oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So on ha- the pits
1: border as well, the um the, the there's, there's like a barrel of like leaking yes. like, green fluid on the yeah. on the border.
2: So that that's one of the oh. um like supporting arguments for like poison or toxic or something like that because it's like mm. it's it's like in the border. Um So that could be. I like your I, I like your idea of like the gangs playing into it. I think that's kind of cool. Um I, I think
1: yeah, for... cuz you know they sorry, they said uh, they said that this is a Drafter's Paradise, right? So what's a yeah. Drafter's Paradise look like? It means you can I'm no I'm no good at draft, but what, what does it look like? Does it mean that you can stay open the whole way round and then choose so, to
2: I have ideas. Twenty yes. crack cobbles. Crack barbels, yeah. <laughs> oh, My... yeah. 20 here... poison chalices. Yeah. <laughs> so here Here's my thoughts on that. I love limited and draft. It's one of my favorite ways to play any card game. If you yeah. ask any flesh and blood player what is the best draft set, I would bet way more than half of them are gonna say Welcome to Wraith. Mm. And I think they're gonna say that because there's a lot of generics, and you can kind of stay open, and you can. It's easier to pivot into one character, um, you know, than other sets like with Talent, right? Because Talent. Even picking talent cards uh, puts you into like one or two heroes, right? Um, Aria did it really well, but I don't think it's going to be like I don't think it's going to be like Aria. or I mean, I, I mean, I guess it could be like Aria, but um, mm-hmm. my my guess is that there's going to be one pit's talent, or maybe you know split into gangs or something. But I think there'll be one pit's uh, pit's talent, four heroes, and it'll play out almost exactly like Welcome to Wraith, where the where the pit's talent. Mm-hmm. You could basically use like generics, right? Because all the heroes will have the pits talent, and so you you can draft them to stay open. But maybe some of them are better in other heroes, right? So maybe there's an assassin who really cares about attack reactions, and you want the attack reaction pits cards, but like because they're better for your assassin or whatever. But like the big the big brute or whatever, one other other the classes don't doesn't really want the, you know, razor reflex analog they want you know the big brute ish attacks or whatever the big oh, the blockhead the blockhead cards yeah exactly yeah like yeah, the big yeah. the thug cards or whatever um yeah. so that's my guess and also hope um and it makes sense to me um it also makes sense to me knowing who helped design the set uh, Brian Gottlieb exactly. who's also a big fan yeah. of limited and draft and um I I imagine this is how it's going to be it could be super complicated or whatever but Everyone's saying it's like the best draft environment, um, so that's that's my guess. One pit's talent, four yeah. heroes, all of them pits heroes, all of them pits uh, talent heroes. Um, mm-hmm. So you could, when you're drafting, you could pick generic cards. You can pick pits cards to stay open, and then if you find your lane, you can pick you can pick the class cards, right?
1: Um, yeah. So maybe there's like uh, so maybe there's like uh, you know you can you can take the pits cards and they do a, do they do an effect. Um, by themselves but then if you like similar to how fuse works if you fuse it with the elements that you've already got from from the other cards it gets an additional effect so maybe you get an additional effect if you're a certain hero or whatever something like that
2: yeah yeah something but. like that I, I I think doing that and then designing the pits cards to work with all the heroes but some heroes use them better is mm. um, just good good game design and leads for more fun drafts uh, yeah, less, exactly. crack, less crack bobbles and that kind of stuff so that's my hope yeah um Shoot. that's also what i think that's my hope and that's what i think um, right.
1: yeah. um cool and obviously uh, another thing we can touch on as well is the uh, the skullduggery which is uh yes. the sort of jobs and uh things you can uh, you can come to expect that are roaming around the pits so we have smuggler mercenary assassin information trader and apothecary so a lot of people have been saying or oh, maybe an alchemist because alchemist is in the law book isn't it
2: that's what i said too yeah uh, one yeah. one thing I want to mention before we get into this, because it does it does get into this, is the mm. number of the number of heroes. So the number of heroes we don't know for sure, but there has been sort of a it's not a leak because it's public information, but it's a little bit of like um it's like it's like data mining. We'll have people like data mine MMOs to to see what the new patch is. It's kind of like that, because mm. people who are able to order Dragon Shield sleeves from distribution. They can they can pre-order, Hero One, Hero Two, Hero Three, and Hero Four sleeves. Um, oh wow! Okay. Yep, there are four hero sleeves called Hero One, mm. Two, Three, and Four that are available for pre-order well, well, now. Well, well. Exactly the same way that um, Hero One, Two, and Three sleeves were for pre-order for Uprising, which coincided somebody's
1: with somebody's doing God's work over there. Well done! Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. It, Data mining. Lovely it, it, old job. Is,
2: it is a very good chance, very, very good chance that we have four heroes. Um, cool. Because this is exactly how it was for Uprising and we exactly had three heroes for Uprising. And other people who are speculating mm. on a secret fourth hero, nope, there was three. There, and well, there so, we are then. So yeah, mm. very, very likely that we'll have four for this set, which, um, yeah. which makes sense. And so now we can talk, I'm sorry to cut you off, but now we can talk about what Azra's going to mentioned the, the the skullduggery because I think that yeah, I think well, that coincides with Yeah that's with, even
1: uh exactly yeah that's um that, that that's even more that's even more potential fuel to have something like a um an alchemist a new class is normally a new class right in these sorts of sets
2: sort of give so or there, take there wasn't a new class in um art actually we, had, we, we actually have not had a new draftable class since monarch because that's that's mm. when we had illusionist um mm. Because uh, Aria had three returning classes. Uh, Uprising had three returning classes. We just got Assassin. Um, And so Mm. once again, I I like to think about game design a lot. And I was thinking like if I was a game designer and I wanted to have two new draft classes for the next set Outsiders, the best way to ease that in is to soft launch one of those classes in the previous set. So soft launching Assassin in Dynasty, so you already have knowledge of Assassin, you already have a pool, uh, and then having that class get more support in the following set, and then also introducing a new class there, maybe like Alchemist, um, would be a great way of, of doing that if if that's what you mm. wanted to do. Because it's not immediately just launching with two brand new classes to make it no. more complicated for folks. Um, and I do, I do think Alchemist is a really good chance. Like it's really important to the lore it's literally in the Mm. lore book um it makes sense for many many reasons it makes sense um lore wise and like i said it kind of makes sense game dev wise um like they could they could do it possibly so that's my thoughts yeah that's my thoughts on that um nice Wait, yeah.
1: you- I'd love to see it. I'd love to see Alchemist. There's a lot of art as well, like like Back Alley line and all that sort oh, yeah. of Plague Doctor style yeah. stuff going on down there and people getting experimented on and all that sort of thing. Um, so that really fits in with like Alchemist and weird sort of Frankenstein-esque experimenters down there. Um, so I reckon that would be well good to see a new class. I and mean, It makes sense, as you said there. I didn't think about it that way, but soft launching something uh, in the previous set and then having another new hero here would be um yeah a good way to tackle that if they were doing that.
2: Yeah. Um what yeah. do you guys think what what are your guys' like uh predictions for the classes
0: in in this set? Well Dragon Bill. It's <laughs> I I, I think you you touched on previously, mercenary feels pretty likely. Um, Another thing, obviously, that we we know just from, it was an offhanded comment that I believe James White mentioned, that we're uh, making a return to good old-fashioned fisticuff style combat. Yeah. Didn't really elaborate further on what that meant, but obviously to me that mm. means you know um i know there was somebody that was i think discussing in the winnipeg discord that like oh well like you could argue that rune blade is just uh regular fisticuff style combat but with an extra like little mm. bit of arcane damage mm. and i'm like the arcane damage kind of pulls that away for me i don't know yeah. like i don't think of yeah when i think of good old fashioned <laughs> combat i don't think of battle mage i yeah. think of guy with a halberd <laughs> like
2: <laughs> it, it literally has the word yeah. rune in the name it's not it's it's yeah. not fist blade. It's rune blade.
0: You know, <laughs> fist <Muscle> blade. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. oh, wizard. Well,
1: um, just casting so, yeah, things, like and... protein cloud things. Going Pro- protein
2: cloud. Oh, that <laughs> sounds. That it, sounds gross. That it's sounds just so pre workout. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> Musk. Yeah. Oh my goodness <laughs> yeah. me. Oh, yeah. Man. But uh, but yeah, like I, I think that mercenary is pretty likely to see. I think it's not out of the question for us to see another um, assassin or at least like building out on assassin um, even if we don't get introduced yeah. to a new one it could be additional Arachne stuff kind of like how we saw with uh, we saw Icelander in Everfest yeah. and then we also saw her in um, Tales of Aria so kind of uh, or no yeah we did see her in Tales of Aria I- mm. you uh, no, uh, you're
2: thinking about Everfest
0: yeah we, we saw her in Everfest and then um, oh, oh and it. then we saw her in Uprising, in yeah. Uprising. Yeah, but um, yeah. So we we did see her in a supplemental set first, and then she was built out in a future set. It was um a little bit more uh, removed from that. There was a little bit of time in between, but um, since we're going specifically to the pits where assassins are, um, it feels extremely likely um that we'll see.
2: I think uh, I more think so.
0: assassin stuff. I think it's a given for assassin, isn't it?
2: I, I think yeah. it's like very likely like that we'll see a yeah. again it's, it's the exciting
0: um, new set where they did basically a full drop of a playable set um very yeah. unlike what they did with icelander in uh, in everfest yeah because we had a few ways to make her playable but i mean i i yeah. think i remember the the days of proto icelander it was basically just kano with a, a couple of frosty cards in there yeah um <laughs> the deck wasn't really coherent at all but with uh arachne we have an entire playable list of cards um so it, it feels like they're really, they they want to go in on uh, making this class good. So uh, yep. yeah, yeah, for sure. That would be my, that'd be my guess for sure. Um, yeah.
2: So for mercenary, I, I, th- I thought about mercenary. I think it's a slam dunk, but do you think mercenary will be its own class or will mercenary just allude to a character who has that profession? For example, Kasai is technically a mercenary, but she's a warrior. So do you think the mercenary mm-hmm. wouldn't in fact just be like, a warrior or a ranger or something like that. Just someone who's a mercenary in Blackjack's tavern. One of the, the 22 pins, um, which are like these prolific characters who have unique calling cards, which I'm, I'm pretty sure we'll see one of the 22 pins as a character. That's like one of my things. I think it's a slam dunk to have one of the 22 pins as a character. We don't have confirmation if Azalea is one of the 22 pins. Uh, she probably is. But the 22 <laughs> pins are like the elite mercenaries. Do you think we'll see a mercenary class, or do you think we'll see a character who is a mercenary?
1: I think it's just a I think it's just a vocation, isn't it? It's like one of the main sort of law bits in uh, in the pits is Blackjack's mercenary group, isn't it? Yep. And that's like a collection of different lot like different contractors that do different things, I imagine. Yep. so Azalea is one of those. she's a Ranger. So it wouldn't surprise me if we see obviously Ranger. I think Ranger's a slam dunk in this. But it wouldn't surprise me dude. if we saw warrior or brute as well, because I, I, I can see they brute. Are... Yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: I I know yeah. everyone of the brute brute nation likes to think brute is in every set, and I'm just like no. <laughs> but like six they th- attacks, they're like yeah. brute's gonna be. We're gonna have a new brute hero in, in, in an uprising, and I'm like that doesn't make any sense. But no. it does make sense here because it like does, yeah. like a big like thuggish type character. Totally could be a brute, mm-hmm. like hundred percent. I can see the flavor. I can see the mechanics. I can see one of the pins being a brute, like maybe just like this, you know, buff, yeah, just thuggish character who has like a big club and just smashes people. We already have, we have a well, just
1: the just look at the just look at the blockheads law. Yeah, blockheads exactly. Exactly. failure. melee weapons, using hammers and bats to crush their opponents. They're exactly. obsessed with
2: brute force. Yeah, that's exactly. literally
1: in the in in the description. Yep, <laughs> gotta be. I, I well, think it I would think... be it would be a good call at least.
2: I think brute is is. Sorry is um pretty a pretty good guess yeah Mm. um
0: definitely yeah
2: uh i've also heard people suggest merchant and i think merchant would be really cool i Mm. i don't know (laughs) i'm very like hesitant on merchant (laughs) um we already have a merchant from the pits we have a cycle of merchants we have we have a copper merchant cavdane we have a silver merchant genus we do not have a gold merchant yet but i'm not sure if a gold merchant would fit in the pits maybe maybe in metrics where everyone's rich but pits everyone's everyone's poor in the pits and they're just scrambling for whatever they can get yeah Um, that's right so i'm not sure about merchant uh ian had a great suggestion whether you have three adult heroes and then you have a merchant who is young only just for draft which i was like that's kind of a cool idea yeah um yeah but um i don't know about merchant I don't know a merchant.
1: What what if what if this whole year is just pits and metrics? Like the expansion set in between both is, you know, expanding upon all things, but maybe giving us a, a merchant there, a gold merchant there. Could and be. then later on it's in the metrics. So the whole thing mm. really is intertwined because mm. the whole thing the pitch pits and metric is connected by that giant hole, isn't it? The, the maw. maw. The maw, yeah. Um, there is
2: so I have I have two theories, and one of them is just based off what you just said. Um yeah. We could have, so I assumed that the next set would be metrics and it would be a supplemental set and it would just be metrics, like a fully supplemental mm. metrics themed set. And then the third set this year would be a new region like Mysteria or whatever, whatever new region. But mm. having all pits metrics this year could be interesting. So having a pit set and then the, the supplemental will be both. And then the final set of the year will just be only metrics. So how you have only pits, only metrics, and then in between have a mix. I don't know. That could be cool. It could be be cool as
1: well because you know, especially with the way they did uh, Dynasty this year, it's tied in with the lore as well, and the lore is very the same with Pits and Metrics. It's connected as one, so it makes sense if they were to flesh out this whole arc, wherever it's going, to have a some sort of weird event in the middle and then go to Metrics after that. Makes loads of sense, I reckon.
2: So, um, I do really think so. Talking about the lore a little bit and the pits. I don't think this will be in Outsiders because it doesn't make sense for a draft environment, but I do think this could happen in the supplemental or expansion set. So in the lore, there's a cult called L'Apocalypta, which is a doomsday cult, which incites major catastrophic events in the world of Wraith to ready the people for the coming of the Old Ones because they believe that the Old Ones are going to destroy the world and they need to put people through hardships to prepare themselves for the actual coming of the world that sounds a lot like what chain was doing with um solana bringing in all of these creatures from from uh erathiel um to you know his chain chain's goal is to protect the world from the the old ones or the Aesir. we don't really know if they're the same thing yet but um yeah. that that's chain's goal i suspect there's a good chance that chain might actually be a member of this cult, L- L- the because it says in the lore page for the pits that the members of this cult are spread throughout all of Wraith, um, and they have incited some of the the most catastrophic events throughout the history. And I'm just like, that's exactly what Chain is doing. I really wonder if Chain is a member that. of this cult. Um, yeah,
0: if and be- he's really on the on the up and up, trying to protect people from something. Yeah. Or yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and um, not only that, because of that. I suspect we could see still in Pit's flavor, because we, we we need a new chain, right? Because they they LSS oh, yeah. has promised that they'll have a replacement for Chain, a Shadow Rune Blade to replace Chain as well as Prism, um, this year or in twenty twenty three. So my guess is that in the expansion set, still Pit's flavor, we see a Shadow Rune Blade to replace Chain, one of the other members of L'Apocalyptica. like. Oh, yeah. So the
1: expansion set is going to be the Apocalypta rising up, and then it's going to be down to Pits and Metrics to come together to fight them, even though they're one's high restaurants and one's low restaurants. It's going to be all teaming up to fight the apocalypse.
2: Possibly. It could also just be like, here's the character flavor wise. You know, that's who they are. They're a member of the cult or whatever. Um, we're also going to be getting yeah. a, a, a new um, Light Illusionist to replace Prism at some point as well. Um, but uh, yeah, that that is that is my guess for the replacement flavor wise for chain um mm. the cult member from Apocalypse. and i don't think it fits in in draft sets because we're not actually because right. like to do that you'd have to have shadow cards which are demonastery flavor and that doesn't make sense in like a pit set that's supposed to be all about the pits like to have half the cards yeah. be like the monastery just doesn't feel right to me like yeah. flavor or like lore wise um
1: makes sense to expand like if you're going to expand shadow do it in the expansion obviously yeah. isn't it so yeah. And, yeah
2: and that's one of my hopes too i really hope they expand the talents more in um expansion sets because we've only we've been seeing like primarily class cards in talent or er, in uh expansion sets it'd be cool to see more talent cards uh in expansion so we saw we saw a couple we saw a couple in um dynasty part but not but not a lot like we saw like a light yeah. warrior card we saw light illusionist card but It'd be cool mm. to, to get some other stuff. So, um, yeah, I think it makes sense. Low rise. And I think, uh, yeah. by the way, Apocalypta is like how how the pits is tied to the greater narrative of flesh and blood, because the greater narrative is all about the returning old ones and the the Aesir, um, as well as like the olden, which are we don't really know if um, we don't really know what they are. We don't we don't know if any of these groups are the same. And they're if they're just different regions calling them the same thing, but like mm-hmm. in the Arya lore, the whole point of that and the, the, the way it ended is that Lexi teamed up with like Briar and Oldm and Yorick actually to like go seek help to to help Arya uh, against the rise of the Old Ones because they, they they think it's going to destroy everything. The same is true for Solana, the Demonastery is attacking Solana to to like this is backwards <laughs> logic, but. Like they're attacking them to like protect the world from the rise of the old ones because they believe that a monastery believes that uh soul is one of these like evil like old ones. So <laughs> they're attacking them to, to prevent that. We don't know. It could it could be a situation. And I like that kind of lore, by the way, where like you think hmm. like like the angelic beans are actually like the bad guys. Like they're like that's like, it, it's just I really good like storytelling, anime.
1: like being yeah. It's like it's that, that's, that's their perspective on what's bad, isn't it? Yeah. So it's that's good. That's and then, a good, good way to do it.
2: And even this was even tied in a little bit with the dynasty lore because the emperor was hearing whispers of an Aesir um, underneath Mount Volkor, like a slumbering Aesir. That's why he's the Drakai of Aesir because he's the one who communes with the Aesir. And now that he's dead, mm. not communing with this Aesir and keeping them sleep, well maybe they burst like rise up and burst out of the the volcano so
1: yes
2: my my point about this is like they're tying this all together like this greater narrative all it's all about the Aesir and the old ones returning um and i think the that's how the pits ties into all of this is that there's this cult uh that is from the pits but spread throughout all of wraith and they're Mm -hmm. the ones like trying to prepare people for the coming apocalypse um and I, 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 expect to see, things. Yeah, I expect to see something like this in every major region. This is my. I'm sorry, I'm going on a huge tangent. This this is my <laughs> overall weird. prediction for the narrative for Flesh and Blood, how it's going to go. Every single set that we go to has to do, at some degree, with the return of the Old Ones and the Aesir. There's always this underlying thing. Like there's like this looming presence. It's almost like Lovecraftian in that way. And I think hmm. every I set. That. Every set is going to touch upon this in some way. And then they're going to have like a big like Avengers type moment where all of these characters from all these sets are going to converge and battle against the old ones that are risen, that are threatening the entire
1: war, war. of the spot. I mean, Wraith. Yeah, War of
2: Wraith.
0: <laughs> but as long as Ral's Eric doesn't die a second time, I'm OK with it. Exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. no, no. You, you mean yeah.
2: uh, you mean Dak Faden?
0: Oh yeah, it was Dak Faden. It was the other uh, blue-red planeswalker. <laughs> Dak Faden, man. Oh, yeah.
2: They always kill my favorite characters. That's another thing. You better not kill Lexi. They always kill my favorite <laughs> characters in just books that I read. Like, this is a little bit... I don't want to spoil anything. So, there's a there's a novel series called War of the Spider Queen. It's a DD and d series. It's about the Dark Elves and how they're dealing with the 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 absence of their goddess, Lolth And I'm like I immediately t- attached on to two characters, both of them died. So I'm like, these are my favorite characters. Oh, oh I shame. love them. One of them dies like halfway through, and I'm like, oh, that's a bummer. At least the other guy's alive. And then he dies in the last the ep- last book, and I'm like, great. And then, uh, and <laughs> this is not that much of a spoiler, but in Game of Thrones, I was like, oh, I really like Ned Stark. He's such like a cool, he's he's such a cool oh, honorable no. character. Everyone, all these other people are like these honorless scumbags or they're just doing what they want to gain. Favor, but he's like honorable, but he has to deal with it, and then like,
0: yep, yeah, like the <laughs> third episode or something, he uh, he gets it, and yep, I was actually I was talking about this recently, just as a very small side tangent, um, mm-hmm. that the end of Game of Thrones was horrendous Oof. and i hope everybody knows oh, gotcha. that. So that is spoilers getting into that but like yeah. i respected game of thrones for being willing to in the like again like the third or fourth episode to be like yeah this guy who we've been framing as the main character just dies just totally unceremoniously and like mm. that sets the tone for the show
2: publicly and... executed and his daughter like yeah. witnesses it i'm like jeez man yeah. And then yep. they,
0: they set it up. They set it up in a way where it's like, oh, we're, we're well, she'll save him at the last second. And then it doesn't oh. happen. It's like, that's a great way to subvert expectations.
2: I have more <laughs> examples of this, too. So um, a, a lot of people feel pretty negatively about Harry Potter in general these days, mostly because hmm. of the author. But a long time yeah. ago, I read Harry Potter as a kid and I liked it. Um, and one of my favorite characters in Harry Potter is a character called Sirius Black, who is this character who is like this kind of gruff character. You think he's evil. He was like jailed up. Um, So he's like someone who was punished for crimes that he didn't commit. And he's just like this really cool character. Um, And I'm like, oh, I really like him. I think he's one of my favorite characters. I mean, spoilers for Harry Potter. Spoilers for Harry (laughs) Potter. But he dies. Um, Yeah. (laughs) So like, you better not kill. Robbie, when? You better not kill Lexi. <laughs> I'm just saying. You better not kill Lexi. It's a public call out. <laughs> Lexi and um, I like Lexi, I like Azalea, I like Arachne. Um, those are like my three like favorite characters right now. Um, yeah, don't kill. They're not, they're not <laughs> kill Lexi. I could see it well, happening. There is that picture, isn't there? There is I... that
1: nourishing emptiness. We're seeing all the original heroes die, isn't yeah. there? Yeah, uh, Az- yeah Azalea is one the of quickly. them
2: is getting like you killed by. Me. Yeah. She's getting killed by um, dregs, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. um She's getting like ripped. Hers is like one of the more brutal ones. Cause like Katsu has like a arrows in him and Dorinthy has like a spear through her. And Azalea's getting oh. ripped apart by like feral beasts. <laughs> like it's brutal. Oh, no.
0: Jeez. I've not noticed that before. Yeah, man. Uh, there goes my hope for like a like a pet ranger um, <laughs> uh, yeah, because if was... that does happen, then now I'm gonna be very suspicious. I, I can I can give you yeah. some
2: hope though. and this is something I talked about in my video. So t- talk about the dregs. so the dregs are a big part of the pits. Dregs are what happens to humans in the pits who have been exposed to too much of the poison and toxin. So that's one of the big things mm-hmm. of the pits is that it's literally like poisonous to live there. The people are just, yeah emaciated or dying from all the poison they basically turn into ghouls if you know what a ghoul is from fallout they're basically oh, they basically turn into feral ghouls um and that's what dregs are so um there's a picture that i have a i have a picture of it um because i like azalea obviously and i have a a print of it of a card called siccum shot and so mm-hmm. there's a picture of Azalea firing an arrow on sick him shot. But in the full art, if you see the full art, there's actually, I call them demon dogs before, but they're actually dregs and they're dregs chained up to Azalea's like, like belt. And she has them as like pets, as like guardians. Interesting. Um, and yeah. on top of that, if you look in the lore, one of the gangs uses dregs as pets as well. They use uh, the dregs as they're like chained up. I don't I have to pull out which kind one of chose Freak Show, yeah, Freak Show uses them. Um, So that's another thing I expect to see in... um, The camera's really blurry. That I expect to see in um, Outsiders, I expect to see the dregs in um, more capacity.
1: Well, there you go. Yeah, Freak Shows are your Mm -hmm. token strategy, aren't they? For your gang, you know, your Mm -hmm. gangs, the Freak Shows, they're your token strategy, summoning dregs and allies um, and stuff. But um, yeah, also...
2: uh, oh go ahead i'm sorry yeah i was gonna yeah, say rabble. if i'm not
0: mistaken uh that's a drag on ravenous rabble right i yeah. i think yeah. so
2: they haven't explicitly I'm said it sure. but I, I think it is um yeah yeah uh so, someone thought um that arachne so i i brought up a, i brought up a question in my lore video that i thought it'd be very really interesting to have a cognizant dreg so currently all we know in the lore is that dregs are mindless creatures that i just want to they're like feral ghouls. They'll just attack on sight and kill anything or whatever. Yeah. And I then I pose the question: It would be really interesting to have a cognizant dreg who you know can talk like a like a ghoul in in Fallout. And someone posed the, the suggestion that arachne actually is a cognizant dreg, and that's what. No, I said that from the beginning. Nobody believed me. Their their big hump is <laughs> is like a, a a like a malformation of the the thing. Yeah. I, I think that could be the case. I also think Arachne could be one of the many, many people from metrics that are experimented on and dumped in the pits. And that's what that big yeah. hump is, is like a result of like, you know, horrible experimentation. That's my, my guess is because they specifically state that they abduct like children from the streets and then, um, experiment on them and then dump them in the pits and they're picked up by like orphanages and stuff or they, or they abduct kids from orphanages and they experiment them on them and dump them in the pits. Um, and, yeah. and the young Arachne art, we see them, they they have the hump as a kid. So I, th- yeah. I think it's like maybe they were experimented on and then dumped. And then the spider, who notoriously pick up children and train them from youth, picked up this child that was experimented on. That's my guess for the, the, the long lore for Arachne is that they were an experiment. Um, yeah, from Alexa, I can oh. see that. Yeah, that, that's yeah. that's my guess. Um, mm. But that, that's why like so I think the set's so cool. Is like, at, at at surface level, you're like, yeah, it's going to be like a Mad Max punk set. But there's a lot of like, interesting like deep lore with it, um, and a lot of places yeah, they close. could go. And I think it's going to be really cool. I'm super excited oh, for yeah. it. Oh, I'm so stoked. Mm. Um, yeah. I...
1: I mean, you, you speculate, you speculate for like literally hours on end about what what could happen with this, and it's going to be we have, we have definitely have trust in the design space of the oh, people yeah. that are behind it now. So, yeah, I, I imagine they're going to do a sick job of it. This is yeah,
2: my my official Living Legends podcast predictions for the classes: Assassin, Ranger. I'm going to call Brute now, and yeah. I'm going to call. Oh, what's the other one? Alchemist. I'll say Alchemist. I, I want to hedge. Mm. I, I want to give a wild guess. That's a wild guess. So, Assassin, Ranger, Brute, and Alchemist. I think those are the four yeah. that make the most sense to me. Um, the Assassin, obviously, one of could be one of the Spider. Could also be a different Assassin, because there's a lot of Assassins in the pits. Um, Brute is one of the mercenaries, or or a gang member. So, it could be a mercenary or a gang member. The Ranger could also be a mercenary or a gang member. Probably a mercenary. And then the Alchemist is... Um, an alchemist who sells drugs and potions and all that kind of stuff to, to the mm-hmm. people. Um, I think it makes sense to have a character that's a gang member, a character that's, uh, an assassin from, from like the spider and assassins guild, a character that is, um, blackjack merc and then like another underworld type, type person. So I think, I think that makes sense to me, like lore wise and also, yeah. like, and also like gameplay wise too, because we haven't had brute, um, since monarch in, in a main set. So I, this, mm-hmm. this all makes sense to me. We also haven't had rangers since Aria. Um, and I think the big question that a lot of folks are asking us, are, are we going to get a mech in this set? And I mm-hmm. say, no, if you think, mm-hmm. if you think we have a full metric set this year as well, because if you think we have a full metric set, then they probably have mech in that set and not in this set. Yeah. Um, so that, that is my prediction. Also, you should go buy your mech cards right now because the second that they're like, we're going to metrics, the second that happens, Teclo Foundry mm-hmm. Heart is gonna be like 180 bucks or something. Just the same way that yeah. Masco Momentum like shot up, it's gonna happen. I'm calling it now. If you want to yeah. play mech, if you think it's cool, you should probably buy or trade for a Foundry Heart now while it's cheap. Just saying. Yeah, just saying.
0: I I actually totally agree. Um because like a lot of the mech cards, and I think we've we've mentioned this a couple times. Um, but mech cards are just generally yeah. undervalued, and they're good. Um, they're good., yeah, and they're all really good cards. Like
2: <laughs> like you should go pick so... up your mech staples, like now, like, um high octane, go buy high octane. That card is nuts. That card is actually insane. Yeah. Um, so, and like mech is one of those classes where, like some classes you, you see them go away from some of their, like, mechanics that we saw initially. So, like, for Warrior, we had Reprise a lot in Welcome to Wraith, right? There's a lot of Warrior mm-hmm. cards with Reprise, but then they kind of, like, petered out. And so, A lot of Warrior cards you see now that come out in other sets don't really have Repi- Reprise on them as much. But Mech feels, like, very boost-heavy for almost all Mech cards that aren't items. Like, most of them have boost or care about boost. Like so I, I have a feeling that just getting boost stuff is like smart. And then lot along some yep. of the line, Ranger cards. You probably get some sick ranger cards as well. Like remorseless, like um skullbone cross wrap. The last time I looked was like forty bucks. It's like one of the cheapest legendaries yep. you can get.
1: You yeah, probably, it's gone up.
2: Probably just get a skullbone cross wrap. Um yep. New Horizon has always been expensive, so that's you know, it's expensive. Yeah.
0: But, that mm. one, that one is like, it's it's important to have, but only if you already know that you like uh, Ranger, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. because it is an investment. It does very much improve the decks that that want it. Um, yes. But I would I would say that the for your money, Skullbone Crosswrap is legitimately just like a fine headpiece um, for, yeah. for Ranger. And um, yeah, a-
2: unless you're doing like hardcore double arsenal shenanigans, it also is a piece that just has Arcane Barrier on it. So, like, you can always mm. have it in, like, yeah. your sideboard or whatever if you need to have a full Arcane Barrier set. So, it's, like, it's just good. Um, and it's cheap. I, I don't know, yeah. like, as said, if it's gone up. I don't know if it's gone up yet. Probably, I, I can guess.
1: Uh, a few cult members have been saying, oh, the Skullbone Crosswrap's gone up in price, and etc." I don't know how how um, you know how much. Uh... Like, you should, yeah.
2: get your, you should get your Three of a Kinds. You should get your remorselesses, get it. You should get your um, Skullbones. Probably like a a good playset of um, Bolton shot, which I think is probably the best arrow in the game. Um, Yeah. So you should you should if you want to play these things, you should probably get them now before things get official and people snap this stuff up. So. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And then, if you haven't gotten your assassin stuff already, might be a good time to get it while it's relatively inexpensive. Because I was really hoping that. Uh, surgical Extraction would be affordable, uh, but with another set that's <laughs> it just very likely is, to, ha- to have Assassin in it. <laughs> no. So I spent a bunch of money buying all the foils for Assassin. I have a full foil playset of Assassin cards from Dynasty, like three of every single color, every single version, cold foil versions where I can. Except for Surgical Extraction, I have two, and I refuse to pay like 70 bucks for another one. Like I opened up yeah. one opened up one and then I bought another one from Jim from Fab TCG cards. Shout out to Jim. Um, and and the Azalea Cult. Jim's a great dude. Um, and I bought them all mm. from Jim. And I'm like, you know what, I'll buy another one. So I can have a full Blitz foil assassin deck and a full UPF foil assassin deck. But I'm like, I don't really play CC as much, so I'll just wait on this. And it doesn't yeah, look it doesn't, happens. it doesn't look like it'll get any cheaper because there's a good chance we get Assassin again. And mm. If if Arachne gets like legit good, I think Arachne is like fine. But um, if Arachne gets like le- like really good, then that shit is gonna be like hundred
0: dollars. Like, yeah, it's, I, it's nuts. I I don't even know that it he requires that much more to be good. Um, I I do. I do legitimately think it's another Icelander scenario, where right now we have, like, the the outline for the deck, and obviously they printed a lot of things that are just objectively you know important for the skeleton of it but a lot of the cards are just like this is the baseline for assassin yeah and now it's like it's very easy for them to be like okay here are things that have upside and it's like oh okay now this thing can banish two cards or it has more evasion or it makes it harder to block your other stuff for the rest of the turn or they literally just print one of them that has go again and the deck like becomes crazy (laughs) or like some
2: (laughs) defense reactions would be cool too. Like there's literally no defense reactions. I think building and playing clash with Arachne was rough, really rough because you realize how little the class has right now that like isn't relying on the legendaries and majestics like Arachne right now really relies on those legendaries and majestics. Like without them, it is brutal like it's just like yeah, yeah. the most fair deck of all time where everyone else is not fair like playing arachne versus chain and clash was like was like getting like it's like you're five years old and you're getting beat up by, like a 30 year old that's what it felt like it's like it's like <laughs> yeah. stop like I, I attack you for for five and then i pump it up for three and i get a silver pass turn and then it's like attack you for uh four go again Attack you, banish a card, play the card from banish with go again, attack you, uh, play uh, Seeds of Agony, play another thing, deal you one damage, and then attack you r- r- with Rosetta Thorn. Uh, that was a total of 19 damage this turn. Uh, and I'm like, wow. Yeah. Uh, it's turn, uh, what turn is it? Oh, turn two. Okay. Um, cool. And I And I, ha- I have no hand. Uh, draw a pass. Uh, uh, okay. Uh, block all your stuff so I don't die. Um, my turn. Okay. Draw a pass. Um, <laughs> That's that literally what happened to me. That's literally. No,
0: that's that. That is literally like. I mean, especially, especially chain in in any sort of like low lower. No, I don't want to say lower powered, but lower um, like card pool format. Yeah. A lot of the stuff that chain oh, has man. access to in those are cards that have been banned in wider formats. Yes. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, so he has plunder run. He has freaking plunder run as well. Um, yeah. And like. I mean just particular Clash in particular, Clash and Commoner. I love it, Arachne. Assassin's my favorite class right now. I love it. Love it. I love everything about it. But he sucks the big one in those formats. Like hardcore. It. It's like only yeah. slightly above Merchant in my opinion. It's only a little bit. Um and,
1: and in Clash, obviously, you have access to his specialization, which is can just kill you. Yeah, we have, have Regicide. Yeah. So,
2: like, this is what it's like. I played against uh, Zach Bun uh, in the loser bracket. So, I won my first round in the loser bracket against uh, Tommy Fresh, He was playing Levia. I beat Levia. I beat Lost to Chain. Beat Levia, and then Zach was playing Bravo. And mm-hmm. you know what specializations Bravo has? Um, oh it's no, it's a little bit better than a little bit better than Regicide. And so, oh. in that format, I mean, like, I'm like. I got Regicide, and I got Sack the Shifty. And then he's like, um, activate Bravo, uh, dominate Crippling Crush. And I'm like, mm, block for three, discard my hand, um, pass turn, and then he's like, (laughs) crack. Savage. Then he's like, okay, cool. Then he's like, with a full hand, he's like, uh, crack Goliath Gauntlet, uh, activate Bravo's ability, thump for what is it thump for six seven eight nine thump thump for nine dominate
0: yeah nine dominate and discard a card because dominate or because um because thump just has extra words on it for some reason it killed me that that's what killed me uh
2: crippling crush (laughs) dominate into thump dominate pump killed me Uh, i got him down to like five but it was like i'm playing very fair turns like i generated three silver and i had a hand that i'm like oh my hand is so cool i have uh i had a cash in and i have some other stuff uh, I was able to generate a uh, Quicken token off of a even bigger than that turn. Um, so I have, like had all this cool setup, and I was like, okay, so even if he comes at me with something big, I can at least block with my whole hand, keep my cash in, cash in, draw two cards, get some gas, and go. And he's just like, dominate and kill you. I'm just like... <laughs> and I was even running Ironhide! Oh. Like, I had block! I still died!
1: <laughs> um, oh... Well, so, there's the hope for clash support in the next set for Assassin. Cl-
2: <laughs> clash is uh, it feels worse in my opinion. It feels worse than commoner for certain heroes because yeah. other heroes get way more just, out of it.
1: Much more. Yeah. They get yeah. they get
2: like yeah. their majestic fancy weapons because I think you can have majestic weapons in in clash, right? Mm-hmm. You get their, I think so, yeah. You get your fancy, majestic weapons, and then you also get your crazy specializations, like Levia gets freaking Doomsday, so she gets a legendary, and um, yeah, yeah. Arachne gets uh, Regicide. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> which which I think isn't possible to do anything with in the format, or I guess you can play the Emperor, even though he's a legendary. Yeah. Um, you can, yeah. But, I, yeah. but like, good Dude, luck. <laughs> I'm not banishing.
2: Dude, I, I all my cards that banish stuff are, like, the common ones, so it's, like, one at a time, and I don't have my Mask of Perdition to get that extra banner, so it's just like, there's no way in hell I'm actually going to do anything with Regicide other than pitch or block with it. I put it yeah. in my deck, and I played with it, out of principle, but I'm like, there's no way. But yeah. No. But, yeah, Arachne, Arachne's it's just really happening. fun. <laughs> Arachne, for those Assassin faithful out there, is really fun in Blitz and in UPF, which are the formats that I've played with him so far. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, and we're going to see support, I imagine so, oh, in this I next hope, set. I
2: hope so. I think it's a really good chance. So,
1: um, yeah, exactly.
2: So, Outsiders, so, yeah. it's going to be awesome. I'm super excited for it. Um, yeah. One thing we haven't talked about that doesn't really bear a lot of discussion, but every single set, LSS always does something unexpected that I was mm-hmm. like, oh, that's weird, or that's crazy. I, It's one of those things where you expect the unexpected, and I think that's true here. Expect the unexpected. There's mm-hmm. probably going to be something weird in here. Like, oh, literally, definitely. no one would have guessed Runeblade in Tales of Aria. Like, mm-hmm. that was, like, on the bottom of everyone's list. We literally had Runeblade in Monarch. No one would have guessed Runeblade. Similarly, in Monarch, I remember uh, talking about it, no one would have guessed Brute in Monarch either. Everyone was like, oh, the set's called Monarch, so it's probably about, like, a kingdom. And so people were like, oh, maybe an assassin could be in the set because they're assassinating a king. Uh, and then people are guessing like, oh, warrior for kingdom or whatever, and we got a warrior. We also got a tentacle monster, and no one, no one <laughs> would have guessed that. So, yeah. No. So expect something. Yeah, crazy. expect
1: the unexpected. Yeah. Yep, but I think definitely. I think one of the one of the unexpected calls of brute being in this set is actually a good call. Actually, I like um, it. I
2: think it, I think it could be in the set for sure. Um,
1: yeah. So and
2: I I I don't think it's just like Hopium, too. I think like legit. Right. I think it's almost as likely as like assassin to be in the set. Um, mm. yeah, just because like they, in the lore, they heavily mention the gangs and that's like a big part of the lore as well as like Blackjack's tavern. Um, and in the first, yeah. in, in the, in the splash art that we've seen, it's a member of one of the gangs. So, um, you can, yeah. you can bet there's going to be some gang stuff in there. Um, and I would
1: bet I would your bottom back. copper that it's going to be gangs in the set.
2: Ga- gangs um, of Wraith. Um, yeah, it's like gangs in New York. Gangs of Wraith. Um, yeah, <laughs> <Arsenal> <laughs> hope they're, hope they're wearing like top hats. We
1: move into yeah. Arsenal, should we? Top
2: hat. This is a pretty, this is anyway. a pretty long episode already. But I mean, we're talking about the pits, and we're talking about yeah. outsiders. Exactly. So
0: we've got oh. it, there's it's it's all speculation and of course we have to get that speculative That's, energy out somehow we do have to, yeah you exactly. not
2: even, we do have to get it out not even to talk about the fact that we're going to the pits and i wanted to touch mm-hmm. upon this a little bit because it i don't know if it's a direction that lss is going or if it's just something they wanted to talk about for a week but we literally had back to back lss stuff about ultimate pit fight we had a video on their their youtube channel we had an article on their website, both of them about Ultimate Pit Fight. And I was like, That's true, mm, yeah. you know, you know, if they ever wanted to incorporate UPF, the pits makes a lot of sense to have Ultimate Pit Fight, like, true. have, have like, a product or something. Like, it just makes Absolutely. sense. This mm. is, like, one of my big hopes. And... This is one of the ways I think the LSS could attract a more social crowd, which is honestly how I think you grow flesh and blood at this point, um, is you yeah. attract the social gamers, people who just want to play for fun, who don't give a crap about top 8 of the Pro Tour, who just want to sit down with friends and play some games with cool characters that they like. Ultimate Pit Fight. And so I think focusing on Ultimate Pit Fight, officially supporting it, and officially promoting it is very important and something that it feels like they're kind of already leaning towards with the, the with what I just talked about. So mm. pits ultimate pit fight. I know they like their wordplay. I just fingers crossed we get some UPF official stuff next year.
1: Yeah, it could be could be cool, yeah. Good way to do um, it like you know like a, like an illegal fighting ring or something, you know, in the pits and Yeah,
2: I, I think there is yeah. like a, a thing like that in fight the pits club. too. Um yeah, I
1: probably.
2: I remember reading on one of the so this is going to take me back. So it I want to say there was a, a allusion or like a reference to some sort of arena in the pits on the lore that I got for spoiling um Redliner. Cuz Redliner's a bow. Right. Redliner's a bow from Metrix but they said it was used by a ranger from the pits. Um, fighting in, in, in like an arena type thing so mm-hmm. there's a little bit of precedent uh, okay i think there's a little bit of precedent for that yeah um, that's interesting so and it was just on the lore drop that they gave me for the card um that's probably like to be honest don't, don't go watch my video on that it's like it's probably i think it's my worst preview video it's before i really stepped it up with monarch i, I stepped <laughs> it up a lot with Monarch, uh but um yeah that i think i think it's a thing so my hope mm-hmm. and then yeah. also we have like pve um i there's a lot of cool stuff coming next year i'm super excited for it. we have whatever the professor's product is we the only mm-hmm. thing we know is that it's a product and that it's not a deck box is because that's what mm-hmm. prof said on the instant speed podcast that it's not a deck box so we know it's a product we know it's not a deck box and i can tell you that prof has a has an eye for quality and he's a, he's He's a stickler about a lot of stuff. So if it's if it's not going the way he likes, he will tell you. And he's like, no, this sucks. So it's probably going to be a really cool product. Um, yeah. And knowing him, yeah. it'll probably be geared more towards the players rather than like, a, you know, a fancy investment kind of thing. So, mm. um,
1: yeah,
2: we got a lot of cool so stuff. Be coming. To yep. Yeah. A lot of cool stuff. Three Perfect. sets, possibly two additional ancillary products. Uh, we already have confirmation that Outsiders will have Blitz decks. Um, they didn't specifically say, but if you literally go into the the product page, it lists it lists them. It just says Blitz decks uh, Outsiders. So, um, wow, that's really good. Very intriguing. Um, my hope, and this is something I was thinking about too, is we get Blitz decks for draftable sets, right? And then we get classic Battle sets when the expansion sets come out. So no matter when you start playing flesh and blood, there will be a new starter product for you. I think that's really important. Mm-hmm. And I, I hope yeah, that's I the direction so. they go. So like, no matter what, if someone's playing, like starting the game, you can always direct them to the newest product. Uh, and it's mm-hmm. relevant because if a set comes out every like four months or whatever, um, like right now, right? What what's the newest starter product? Well, it's like Uprising. But Uprising's like kinda old at this point. It's been around for like yeah. a long time. So if they release a classic battles product with Dynasty, that would have been really cool. Um So yeah. and it's also a great place to, to introduce new characters or different takes on other characters. Um because it doesn't have to coincide with the main set. You can do whatever the hell you want because it's like an expansion thing. So mm-hmm. I mean, if we if we had, so we were talking about Azalea earlier and how Az doesn't want Azalea, um, at least in like the, the sets. If What if they did a classic battles with like Azalea versus someone, like maybe someone she's hunting as like her her mark. Um, but it's yeah. like, it's not like a crazy fancy Azalea, but maybe it's just like Azalea, like how she is normally, right? Um, with different mm. art. Or maybe Azalea, like an updated version with a new talent kind of like how they did like the updated Dorinthia but she didn't have a new talent but it was just you know so like slightly upgraded
1: um yeah well, just a different like, yeah just a different different the, sort of ability on there or something yeah, yeah. just not talented maybe
2: yeah, yeah. Or, mm-hmm. you know however they want to do it i think that could be a cool place to do that um and it would still mm-hmm. be like in in flavor and stuff so yeah yeah <laughs> I just thought, ba- Battle of the the F-tier, Azalea versus Levia. <laughs>
1: oh yeah, that's it. Battle oh, of... i buy that. That's man. what we're all,
0: that's what we're all waiting for. <laughs> that's
1: it, yeah. Someone,
0: Assassinating someone.
1: Assassinating the demon.
2: Someone yeah. had a suggestion of like Arachne versus someone, and it was like them trying to assassinate a target or something, and I'm like, that sounds awesome. Or like, yeah. a- Assassin versus, like Azalea versus... Arachne or something, I'm like, oh, now you're speaking my language. Like
1: Yeah, that'll be that'll, well good. That'd be sick. Yeah. Um, but yeah. what are your speculations? People watching or listening now in the future, wherever you might be out there in a big wide world, what are your speculations? Drop Sh- them in the comments below. Shadow,
2: shadow Mech. Hey, for everyone out there who says here's here's my challenge. Here's my
1: Shadow challenge. Mech.
2: Here's my challenge. For mm. everyone out there who says crazy stuff like Shadow Mech, give me mm. your lore reason. Why do you think Shadow Mech will be a thing? With like actual like reasons to back it up, other than you think it'll be cool and it makes sense with the mechanic. Because yes, it does sound like pretty broken to have a shadow mech banishing things and then playing stuff from your banish zone. But other than yeah. like gameplay reasons, what's the actual like in-world lore reason that you have a mech from the demonastery? Because that's what shadow is. Shadow is from the demonastery. Um, yeah. You can't you can't just be shadow because like they're evil. That's not how that's not how the talent system works. Talent system works. Yeah. Based on region. Um, so
0: Yeah, and not everybody from the Demonastery has to be evil. Yeah. No, Some people no, could so. just be misguided or like not file their taxes properly one year. Come on. Yeah. Exactly. Chain yeah. There's a redemption out there for everyone, no matter what they've been doing.
2: Chain is just trying to make the world a better place. A better place. By murdering yeah. the innocent. Make of it Solana. a better place. For by su- you and for by me. summoning Sorry. horrible teeth demons. To, to feast upon the the denizens of Solana, it's all for the greater good. Teeth
0: demons, yeah. I the mean, greater good.
2: There's some teeth demons, man. <laughs> yeah.
1: For the greater good. Yeah. Uh, hey, that that's anyway. Actually, actually
2: what Chain thinks. So, yeah. you know. <laughs> uh, I'm Who trying knows? to rail
1: this in, but it's just been so much fun, hasn't it? Who knows? Um, he could
2: be right, though. Like, like you know, two years from now, we could see like Soul come down, and Soul is just like one of those awful. Like horrifying, like um, realistic depictions of angels. Have you seen those? Like the oh the, yeah, biblically the real, accurate like, angels. The biblical, <laughs> yeah, like that's what soul is. Like this horrible, like Eldric monster <laughs> with like eyes and eight wings, and it's <laughs> like, it's like, oh, succumb to me, yeah. like. But yeah, that'd be so like, like <laughs> Final
1: Fantasy Seven last boss, like Sapha Sephiroth, like, like loads of wings yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> like <laughs> I, I really. I really dig that theme, actually, like like the angelic beings that are like so righteous that they're actually just awful. Oh, like, yeah. Horrible. It's insane. actually horrifying. Yeah. It's yeah.
0: Old Testament God back when being wrathful was in God's playbook. Yeah. It's like it's <laughs> yeah. like
2: that old uh, it's like the old Simpson thing where he had he had a picture yeah. of God and he's like uh, uh, loving God, angry God, loving God, angry God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway,
1: but yeah, that uh, pretty yeah. much pretty much wraps up for today's episode. and I mean, we do have a little uh, Arsenal step as well, um, where we speak about something outside the world of Flesh and Blood. And I believe you had something that you want to mention, oh, Mister be... Red Zone Rogue.
2: The episode's really long already. I'll, I'll keep it really quick. Like, here's yeah. my here's my elevator pitch. So I recently talked to uh, the designer of an upcoming war game TCG. Um. And let me, let me tell you on it a little bit. So first of all, the person making the game is actually uh, from the video game industry. He's a video game veteran. He worked at a company called, or a game dev studio called Double Fine, worked on games like Brutal Legend and Psychonauts and a bunch of other stuff. So he actually has like mm-hmm. legit gaming development experience, right? Um, and this game is called Grim Path. So it's a TCG where you have minis, um, the minis will not be random, so it's not like a random booster of minis. You don't get like little gotcha boxes. You just buy you just buy whatever mini you want, um, or you can three D print your own, or you can use minis that you already have. And that comes into the overall philosophy of um, low barrier of entry. Um, what was it? Just like low barrier of entry. He wants to make it really accessible. Uh, fun is one of like the key like tenets of the game. Just having like just a ton of fun. And the art is just phenomenal. It has like this triple A polish that I almost... It's very rare to see new upcoming games like this, like TCGs, with their own IP. And even like TCGs that come out with like other IPs, they don't look this good. I showed someone Mm. um, a card called a Tramp and Rambler, which is like this little cute (laughs) hobbit, and he has a little thing. And someone's like, oh, is that from the the Warcraft TCG? Like, it has that level of polish where someone can assume that it's like a blizzard yeah. like a blizzard thing. Say what you want about blizzard, um they have been known for having like very highly polished games at least in the, in the past, right? When we talk about mm-hmm. we don't want to talk about newer stuff, but in the past they have. Um and uh yeah, uh, I think it's like one of the most approachable ways to get into wargaming. Uh, when I was talking to him for like talking for like 4 or 5 hours, uh one of the uh things that I was most concerned about were the minis because I was like Hey, TCGs are a niche thing. It's like it's like gaming is a niche hobby and then like TCGs are a niche in that niche and then like wargaming is like a whole other thing. So you're like <laughs> tapping into like two separate <laughs> niches here and wargaming itself as someone who literally just got into 40K, it's daunting. Like you mm. have to buy the th- things and then cut all the pieces out of the sprues and then glue them together and then you have your paints and you have to know what to paint is and like no paint styles it's just a lot and he basically said like exactly the perfect things he's like we'll have three types of minis you can just buy a pre-made mini if you want and they won't be expensive because uh they know a manufacturer in california that can produce high quality minis for like super cheap like like a dollar a couple dollars per mini you can just buy whatever mini you want for cheap pre-made not pre-painted because it's a lot mm. more expensive to do that, but just pre- yeah. pre-made. Or we'll have fancier minis that you can just buy that, like, if you want to do the whole process of putting them together and gluing them and all this kind of stuff, we'll have that too. Um, and it's up to you as the player to do what you want. So if you just want to buy a bunch of minis and then play the game, you can do that. Um, and I'm like, that's, that's awesome. And I was like, well, what about game stores who are concerned about having all these minis on their shelf taking up shelf space for um a brand new game like a lot a lot of i know a lot of people who own game stores and they're not like keen on doing that and he was like mm-hmm. well what's great about it is that those game stores can just sell the minis that they already have that aren't selling at all like all the whiz kids minis or whatever and they just use them in grim path because they're not gonna like gatekeep which minis you have. So if you want to 3D print your own, you can do that. If you want to buy nice. minis from your local game store that they already have, you can do that. If you uh, already have your own, you can also just do that as long as it makes sense for what the card is, right? Um, yeah. And so the way the game works, really quick, is uh, it's, a, it's a TCG, right? You have a deck of cards. Uh, you play cards to summon your minis, right? So you don't already start with them on field. Like you play your card and it summons the mini um outside of that the game play feels a lot like a DD session with minis so you move your minis x number of spaces that they that they have um and then uh, you can have cover you can have high ground you can have like a you could put you can make a little watchtower and put your goblin on the watchtower, and so they get like a high ground bonus when they're shooting down at uh, enemies um it's a point-based game where uh, you win by points. So you first person to 10, you get points by killing your opponent's minis or controlling their side of the field. And um, mm-hmm. it's a you, standard play is a 10 by 10 grid, but the system scales. So you can play on a 20 by 20. You can play on a massive 100 by 100 if you want. The game is built in a way so you can play however you want. It's very, very consumer friendly so you can play however you want. If you don't want to use a grid, if you want to use a ruler system, you can do that too. Uh, because the the way the game works is it's like it's worded in like you take a step right and then all you have to do is just define what a step is so usually a step is a square but if you're playing with a ruler a step could be one inch right um, yeah standardized they will have a standardized rule set for like competitive play which is a 10 by 10 grid and you play on that but like like i said you could just do whatever you want um, i highly suggested that they make a box set that comes with um there's four different like uh, elements or whatever a box set that has all four elements and starter minis and everything for that and then you could just buy that and play it like a board game that was my suggestion i think that would be very very appealing to some folks where you just buy the box and you're good to go people can treat it like a board game and then if they want to get into the tcg element if they want to buy stuff to make fancier decks they can do that and i was like yeah i think that would be very successful on kickstarter because kickstarter is very big on like board game type stuff um, oh
0: gotcha yeah, um, like fully yeah. contained experiences Yep, um, mm-hmm. seem to do really really well when they're getting uh, crowdfunded and stuff so that's a that's a really good point yeah so yeah.
2: basically I'm actually really excited for this I haven't played the game yet I will be uh, playing it uh, he's going to be sending me some starter decks I'm going to try to get uh, these two guys some starter decks as well I don't know if I'll be getting starter minis or anything we might have to use like other things just to play test it out because it's still kind of like in a, an early an early state um, but he wants to go around um, he's from California, he wants to go around the US and demo it at LGS's, he's already done it a, f- a few times, there's some pictures on their Instagram but um, it's just really, really high quality, so yeah, super high quality, made by someone who has game like years of game dev experience in like, a legit, well respected studio, uh, he was mm-hmm. a game dev and animator for Double Fine like I said, working at uh, like, uh, Psychonauts and um, Brutal Legend and may- maybe some other stuff, he worked there for a long time um, you can you could find his name is David Gardner or Dave Gardner. You can find him on the Double Fine Double Fine website, um, like talking about stuff. So, um, yeah, I think it's one of those situations where a game crosses my desk, and I, I see a lot of card games these days. A lot of people reach out to me about covering their card game. Um, yeah, and I, I don't have time. Uh, and this might be cynical, but I'm like, I don't, I don't have time to do like free marketing for every single card game that comes up, comes across my comes across my desk, but. I, I really think this one is special. Um, it has a level of polish way beyond most of the other games that I see. Um, it gives me the same kind of like, ooh, this is going to be, this could be something that I got when I first saw Sorcery for different reasons. For different reasons. Um, and I think it occupies a unique space. There have been grid-based TCGs, but I think this one is different enough and it will play different enough and feel more like uh, like Warhammer, well, more like um, Kill Team for for more hammer or like a D session than any of the other games so yeah um that's that's what i've want to talk about uh probably gonna have a video on it. it might already be out by the time this this goes live but i don't think yeah. people should sleep on it i think it's really cool and um if that interests you at all if i say tcg war game with minis it's fantasy um if that interests you at all i recommend checking it out um just look at the art you can see like the level of attention and care that goes into it um so yep that's really excited to
0: to try it out and see what it's all about yeah
2: Yeah. so um i'm also very excited i'm gonna rope my partner into play testing it with me just like i did with (laughs) flesh and blood when flesh and blood was first coming out and just how i did with like sorcery and all that all this other kind of stuff um because I, i like a lot of games i play a lot of games i generally like games i mean that's what i do for a living so yeah. I, I generally like games, even if I'm a little critical of them, but but my partner Robin, she will flat out be like, this is boring or something like that. Like, or if, <laughs> if I ask her afterwards, if I'm like, did you like it? And she's like, eh, that means it's not good. If I ask her like, hey, did you like it? And she's like, that's oh, all right. It's probably pretty good. Um, mm. And then if I say, did you like it? Would you like to play again? And she's like, yeah, I'll play again. If she will play a second time, I know the game is probably really good. Um, <laughs> So like, for the example, Robin
0: like, barometer,
2: <laughs> well, she's like, she's just like Robometer. She likes board games <laughs> and she likes games, um, but she's not like hardcore into it like me. So she has like this, yeah. per, she has like, in my opinion, like the ideal perspective of just like someone who likes games, but's not so enfranchised in it that they're going to be head, heads over heels off of just any kind of cool game that comes out. It has to be mm-hmm. like really good for her to be like into it.
0: Um, it has to be compelling enough.
2: Yeah. Like, yeah. and the only games recently that she actually would play multiple times with me after we played the first time is Flesh and Blood. When we first played Flesh and Blood, she played a couple times. Uh, she beat me, by the way, uh, the first time we played. Uh, I was playing Katsu, she was playing um, uh Grand Archive, we played a few times. And then Sorcery, we played a lot. Um, she really liked Sorcery. Um, so...
1: Yeah, it's that table, tabletop vibe, isn't it? That's the thing. It's kind of yeah. play as a board game, well, basically. If you got, if you got all the stuff,
2: it's <laughs> it's games that focus on fun over mm-hmm. mechanical complexity. Because I think I think you can do both. Um, like Flesh and Blood does mechanical complexity pretty well, um, and it's still it's still pretty fun. But like something like Sorcery is like very flavorful and very fun. Um, yeah but in a in a board gamey kind of way where you my example is like you flood the you can like cast spells that like flood the world and drown all mm-hmm. the armies and stuff like cool yeah. crazy stuff like that um, so I, I think' splash splashier, yeah I think Grimpath can have those kind of experiences where like you you have like these like moments that you remember like like these very like um, what's the right word for it uh, not procedurally generated, but like these like genuine moments. Um, yeah. Mm. yeah. So anyway, I said it would be short. I talked too much. But yes, Grim Path. I'm, I'm pretty excited for it. Um, it's very rare that I come across a game of this quality. And I think it is, is quality. And I think people who like D&D who, or want to get into war games or anything like that will be super into it. Um, we talked about Dungeons & Dragons too. a lot um, when we talked about the game. And um, yeah, I, I told... Nice. Told Jim about it, and Jim's like, "Oh, it looks like my D and D group could be into this." And I was like, "Not, not your buddy Jim, not your brother Jim, yeah. other Jim, yeah, <laughs> other Jim, Jim
0: from Fab TCG Cards, which of course uh, is yeah. such a, a nice and easy, quick moniker, yeah, to... yeah."
2: yeah. He's like, "Oh, my, my DD D and D group could be into this," and that's exactly yeah. what I was telling uh, Dave. I was like, "I think a good marketing for this would be marketing it more towards D and D groups or people who want to get into wargaming, not necessarily like the MTG." Or flesh and blood grinders, they might not be into this kind of thing, but I think mm-hmm. it, I think it could appeal to a much wider, wider audience. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah.
2: Yeah. So. Yeah. Really nice. Well, stay tuned
1: thing. on, uh, stay liked. tuned to, to Red Zone Rogue's channel for that then, because he's going to do some videos on it. I expect. Yeah. Um, one,
2: one video, kind of do an overview, and then I probably won't do another one until I actually play it and can yeah. give my actual gameplay feedback. So. Because that's mm. important. That's important to me. It needs to be fun. Definitely.
1: Yep. Nicely yeah cool that rounds off for this week yeah. then been a bit of a long one but a good one almost like um, two hours.
2: almost like two hours it's been a while <laughs> since we had like a two-hour episode
1: exactly yeah Oh well, so, we're just getting uh, back to our roots <laughs> yeah yeah getting back to our roots um but um before we go uh we'll just do a quick round table again before we uh before
0: we cap it off so uh bill where can people uh, find you sir Well, uh, I'm Bill from the Spike Feeders. Uh, You can find me on Twitter at BillTSF. I don't use it all that frequently. I realized that I've been plugging it like pretty consistently. And I don't I think my last tweet was like four weeks ago, but (laughs) if 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 exciting things do happen and they will be happening soon, um, specifically our Goliath Gauntlet Gauntlet series, I think I mentioned last week, uh, will be making a a really uh, a meteoric return at the beginning of 2023 so uh yeah be sure to check that out and where you can find the goliath gauntlet series is on our youtube channel which is spike feeders fab that's spike feeders fab and uh yeah we do live gameplay content we've had a little bit of a hiatus but as i said we'll be hitting the ground running uh in q1 2023 so please feel free to check that out if that interests you
2: nice yeah do that excellent (laughs)
1: <laughs> and, uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and Mr. Red Zone Rogue, where can they find you? Obviously they're watching this on the channel now, but hey-ho. <laughs>
2: Mo- most likely. <laughs> Otherwise
0: we're just leaving him out, it doesn't feel as Most
2: good. <laughs> likely. Yeah. Uh, though you could be watching it on the, the podcast, the audio version. Or listening to it. Which we do yeah. have, and I do include in the uh, description of every single video if you're watching this on the video. If you'd like to consume mm. it as a podcast, I do have um, links down below, RSS link, like, there's all that kind of good stuff. So, as well as links to both nice. of these. Find gentlemen to the to their YouTube channels and stuff as well. Um, mm-hmm. and, yeah, I'm Kel, Red Zone Rogue, and you can find me at uh, all of the Red Zone Rogue places, mostly YouTube and Twitter. I Instagram, I, I literally check like maybe once a day, literally to make a post, and then I have it set to auto post to my Facebook, which I use even less. <laughs> but I'm like, ah, it's like <laughs> two, two posts. I've been doing um, on if you. Want to follow me on any of those places, I've been doing uh 25 days or 24 days of fabness. So every single day, I have been opening up a booster pack of Welcome to Wraith, um, just and just sharing awesome. with it, but doing like a little blurb, I'll do, do like a little saying, um, like a little thing. Mm. So. yeah, there's that nice, yeah,
1: cool. And uh, I've been as your host for today, uh, and uh, I'm from Go Again Gaming YouTube channel. And, uh, you can find me on, uh, on there and you can find me on Twitter at go again, gaming, um, a um, it's
2: gonna ask the two K he's already hit one K. Oh, As, here we
1: go. Ask yeah. the two K let's go.
2: <laughs> ask two K, K. <laughs> let's go. Oh, funny. Yeah.
1: Oh, no, <laughs> oh. um, but yeah, it's been a good episode. Thank you very much for everyone who's tuned in. Make sure you leave your speculations as to what we could see in Outsiders in the description box below as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. because uh, you would love to hear them and see them. Um, but um, apart from that, we'll... Yeah.
2: I've been giving folks a, a keyword to say at the end of my videos to see if they watch to the end. And it's been awesome. That's a good idea. So, <laughs> yeah. for this episode, we should give them a keyword. I'll let you guys choose the keyword. Just to say, just to comment, mm-hmm. incorporate it in your comments and, and predictions. I love, to, I love to go through them and see what, who who watched all the way to the end. This is a long episode, so if you watch like Fisty all two cuffs. hours, Fisticuffs. <laughs> fist cuffs, all right then, Fisticuffs the cuffs is the word. Say it down below. Cuffs <laughs> is the
1: word. It's a good so one. if you include that in your comment, then we know that you got this far, and you're an absolute hero. Yeah, so, and a legend, well, a an living living legend, legend. way a living legend. Beat me to it. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. Other than that, though, have a lovely day wherever you might be watching uh, in the world. And yeah, we'll see you on the next one. Cheers. Thanks so much, everybody. Bye.
2: Bye.